quick ad break before we start today's show. You guys might know that I'm a really passionate dancer, which is why I love the power leggings from Sweaty Betty for when I'm in my flow. They honestly feel like a second skin. So basically, they make me feel like I'm dancing and working out naked, which is the ultimate feeling of freedom. Upgrade your wardrobe today with 15% off using the code STORIES29 for new customers. Thanks, Sweaty Betty, for supporting this podcast. This whole album has been like a process of therapy. It's been a process of learning. It's been, it's been a process of like actually writing songs that mean something that I actually like feel something when I'm when I'm singing them. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Stories of Twenty Nine. The podcast where I, Pixie Lot, chat to people making waves in their industries about the age in their life and career that has been most pivotal to them. Spilling the tea with me this week is the wonderfully talented singer-songwriter, Tom Grennan. Tom's musical beginnings are obscure and that he didn't realise he was musical at all until he sang Seaside from the Kooks at a house party in his late teens, having shown promise as a footballer before then. At age 18, he moved to London and started doing gigs around the city with his acoustic guitar, mainly in small pub appearances for almost three years. After a music video he made with his uni mates went viral and a performance at Finsbury Pub, a representative of Insanity Records heard him play and offered him a contract, which never happens anymore. His first brush with stardom came when he featured as the guest vocalist on Chase and Status' track All Goes Wrong that was picked as hottest record on Annie Mac's Radio 1 show and his debut EP, Something in the Water, came not long after. After that, he was invited for an appearance on BBC Radio 1's Live Lounge and a follow-up appearance on BBC 2's Show Later with Jules Holland. He's also about to release his second album and go on tour. More to come on that. Tom has chosen his pivotal year as 2013 and the age of 18 to be his most influential. 18 is pivotal for a lot of us, but as you'll hear from him, his 18th trip around the sun kick-started life as he knows it in a new way. We have a right good chat about everything from the inspiration and direction of his upcoming album to his very mature self-analysis and the music that's come from it, the need for ego in the music industry and much, much more. I could have spoken to Tom for ages, but we had some technical difficulties at the start, but that's lockdown life. We're barely skimming the surface at the moment and he tells it far better than I do. So with that in mind, welcome to Tom Grennan's Stories of 18. Hey, Tom. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really, really good. I'm chilling. I'm outside in the garden. Um, and I'm, I feel, to be honest, I feel really, really good at the moment. It's oh, been, uh, that's great. So yeah. lockdown has treated you well. Yeah, I actually moved back to my mum and dad's for lockdown. So Oh, I bet was, they loved that. Yeah, it was me, my mum, my dad and my brother. So it was, it was, it was oh. mad, like, learning how to live with your parents again. <laughs> yeah. But to be honest, like... We have such a good relationship anyway, so it was really, really good. And like, I just oh. ate my mum's food and like I exercised <laughs> and I just chilled wow. with family. And to be honest as well, I just got a dog before lockdown. So it was good to like have the time spent with, with my dog Marmite and like getting like trained up or tried to train, train him up anyway. 
Do you either love him or hate him? You either love him or hate him. And some mornings <laughs> you hate him because he's chewed up your trainers. Oh, and other mornings you're like, yes, you're a legend. But I, I do love him. I love him. He's, he's, oh. he's my best mate. So now you're back in back in London? Back in London, just moved house. Um, so everything right now is like, I feel like I've just turned 25 and like, I feel like there's this shift happening in my life. When did you turn 25? Turned 25 in June. So not that long Happy ago. Happy birthday. Like, nice one. But like, there's this, it's weird. I feel like this like shift is happening in my life where it's like new chapters about to start. And like. Exciting. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I feel like the world has got this voice and it's like saying like, Tom, this is a, this things have been going on, on in my life recently where like I've had to learn a lot about people and figure stuff out. And I've seen Do you think that's people. because of the, the state of the world right now and obviously the whole pandemic? Is that what's taught you that or just something mm, completely different? Completely different. Like, wow. yeah, um, it might be to do with that. But unfortunately, like through this through this time, I don't want to out people on, on a podcast. But like, unfortunately, <laughs> I've, I've lost one of my bestest friends. Oh. But it's like just the, that's the way that sometimes things happen and this is what I'm saying like the shift in, in a change of like I'm going this way other people are going that way and I'm growing up and we're all growing up and also we've been in, a, in in lockdown and and I've had time to reflect on things and time to think about what actually I want in life and that's and yeah. great yeah well I'm sorry to hear that because that absolutely sucks when that happens but it does yeah it does like you said you learn mm. and you realise like you know people say that when you're young you have like loads of friends then as you get older you can count them more in one hand and you realise like who I guess yeah. you're true and you're real friends exactly um, which um, are horrible lessons to learn but they're important as well they are right? important 100% so I think like yeah. this is the time where I need to kind of like focus just on me and my family and, and my career, it's 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to hear, Tom. Yeah. So what is it when you say it's like, it feels like an exciting chapter about to start? What do you mean with that? Do you mean like music-wise, have you got, is your yeah. album about to come out? Well, I've just, well, just before lockdown, I finished my album. My album was meant to be out. My second album was meant to be out in June. But obviously I didn't want to put a, an album out and be like, look at me, I've got an album out when there's a pandemic going yeah. on. So I thought this yeah. is, isn't the right time to put an album out, but it's it's exciting because it's finished. It's kind of like ready to go. Exciting. When did you start writing this album? Like some of the songs on there, are they from like the last year or some of them from like two years ago? Or? No. Um, basically, I started this album when I split up with, with my previous ex. So probably about last year. Yeah, it was probably like Christmas last year. That's when I started writing it and I finished it just before lockdown, really, where it was delivered before, just before lockdown. So, But it's been about a year in, in the process. And has it been your favourite writing process so far? Did you work with loads of different people or only a select few? Or? Yeah, do you know what? People like the first album is going to be the best album that, you, that you'll ever write, the most enjoyable album you'll ever write, stuff like that. And for me, this, this second album was the most enjoyable album and, and enjoyable experience. My first album, I didn't really know what I was doing or what kind of album I wanted to write. So my whole first album was kind of a bit of mix and match. And if I look back at it, it doesn't really have like a like a concept or anything like that. But this album now, I, I knew what I wanted to write. I knew I knew the songs, what they wanted to sound like. Um, yeah. I knew what I was saying. 
I knew the story. What would you say the concept or the sound is of this album or how it differs from the first album? I'm a massive fan of the first album and your voice, obviously, as you know. So I'm very excited to hear it. This whole second album is all about, it's a sorry letter, it's a thank you letter, and it's a kind of realisation that I was the toxic one in the relationship that I had. And unfortunately, I I lost someone that I really loved due to the fact that I was... I kind of just got lost in, in, in everything. I kind of like let things get in the way of it. I, I put other things before her. And at the time I was kind of blaming it on her. And I was like saying that she was like, sh- she was getting in the way of mm-hmm. things. And unfortunately that, that wasn't the case. It was me. And it took, it took a minute for me to kind of realize that. And it's all about that really. It's all about saying thank you and sorry. And, and I'll always wow. love you. So it's yeah. dedicated to her. It is, yeah. Are you on good terms? Are you friends? Um, we're cool, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I w- we won't be meeting up for drinks and that now. <laughs> yeah, um, amazing though, because it's yeah. it's hard to realise that about yourself. Like for you to like hold your hands up and say, "Actually, it was me," and yeah. to dedicate the whole album about it and saying thank you. That's an amazing thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It took a, yeah. It took me a, a minute to kind of say. I kind of be honest with myself and yeah and that's what's been happening in my life so I thought this is the perfect wowzer perfect how did you like come to that realization what what made you realize was it just like taking time to I think taking let... time moving home moving yeah. moving out of the place that we were living together um yeah and kind of just sitting with my thoughts and sitting with myself and trying to I was like how I'm not happy I'm not I thought I was happy yeah. and then I was like I'm not happy how am I what do I need to do to better myself? What do I need to do to understand wow. where my head is at? And that was it. And I was like, I'm, I'm definitely like lost in, in my own kind of ego. And I need to get out of that yeah. before things start getting even worse. And stuff. Yeah. But amazing that you realised that. And yeah. also when you're, when you're, you know, writing music, do you think that the best songs, the best writing comes from, you know, like real experiences like that and things that yeah. you're actually going through and things that's, that you're... That's, that's what I'm saying. Like my first album, I didn't re- like, the songs didn't really mean think something to me. I, I was just writing songs, you know what I mean? Yeah. This whole album has been like a process of therapy. It's been a process of learning. It's been, it's been a process of like actually writing songs that mean something that I actually like feel something when I'm, when I'm singing them. So... Yeah, I'm excited for this album to go out. And yeah, I mean, I, ca- I cannot wait to hear it. Yeah, yeah. From all this stuff that you're saying, I do, I really do believe that, like, the more honest and the more you pour yourself into something, then mm. and the better the song is. Because also, like, I always say, you think it's only you going through it, but there's, I bet there's tons of people who can mm. relate to what you're saying. Very yeah. exciting. So, I actually I know we're talking about your year now, which to me sounds very transitional and very transformative already like where you're at right now and you know what you've been through and what you're about to do Mm. but the year that you've actually chosen for the stories podcast is stories of 18 you've chosen 2013 and 18 as your pivotal age this year was when you made the transition from being a, a budding footballer to a musician is that right yeah um, so, so how did that all happen? So I was playing football from like young, from about seven. And I played all the way up to I was about 17, 18. And at that time I was 
playing for like different clubs like Luton Town, Northampton, Stevenage, which would have allowed me to try and get a pro contract. Unfortunately, I didn't get a pro contract at any of these teams. And then I was going to go to America and play and I got offered a scholarship to go go and play over there for like three years, but also go to university. And then I went over there, kind of checked it all out and then I got back and I didn't really fancy it. But I fell out of love with the game, I suppose. And like, I, all my dreams were to get a pro contract, didn't get one. And to be honest, I just didn't get better at football. And I was kind of like getting distracted by by other things like girls and alcohol and being a teenager. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's where the transition met, was made when I kind of was at a party and I hadn't really drunk alcohol before because of I was just like so into the football and, and into fitness and stuff like that. And like, well, so that was at like, that was at 18? That was about 17, 18, yeah. 17. Where like all my other friends were like drinking at like, do you know what I mean? Going to house parties at like yeah. 16 and stuff like that. I remember those days. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was the first time I kind of really like got really drunk, I suppose. And um, there was this like karaoke machine at this party and I jumped on this mm. karaoke machine and I started <laughs> singing and... Do you remember what song you were singing? Yeah, it was the Kooks, Seaside. Um, oh, I love that song. Yeah, and the music boys were at this party from school and then me in school, I was kind of friends with every group of people. I was I was that kind of float, floater. <laughs> and they were like, yo, let's, do you want to join a band and help us out for, for our mu- A-level music performance? Because we need a singer. And I was like, no way am I doing that, mate. Like, no way am I doing that. But I ended up doing it and I just loved it. And I got, just got a bug for it. So we joined, I joined this band with them lot. And then we kind of like just did loads of covers for like a year. Mm-hmm. And then the boys in the band were like, we're going to go to uni. I was like, why are you going to go to uni? Like, we've got something good going, going here. Mm. And they were like, nah, we just want to go to uni and like, and just kind of, Put, put the music on hold so I was like alright cool you lot do that I'm going to go I'm going to try try and get to uni then as well because I don't want to stay in Bedford I want to get into London and try to do music but the only way I could have got into London was to go to university because obviously London's expensive to live in and yeah. I was 18 years old so and I didn't want to study music because I didn't have any didn't have a clue about music apart from like learning how to sing I was teaching myself like how to sing I suppose so did you did you not find your your passion or like how good your voice was until you were 18 like before that did you not no before that I didn't sing at all wow how does that just sort of like (laughs) did your did your mum never like hear you singing around the house or like your mates going man you've got a good voice nah nah yeah nah (laughs) <laughs> never would I be, no, never would I be singing. Never. So how was it like after you so you got drunk, you did the karaoke machine, you sang, everyone was like, wow. Then you started the band. Then um you realized that you loved it. How did you teach yourself? Like were you listening to were there certain singers that you were listening to? Yeah, it was it was singers. So I was kind of like replicating people's voices. Like right. I was replicating like the coop like Luke. Luke. Luke's his name, isn't it? Yeah. I love, yeah. I love Luke. He's a really nice guy, isn't he? So I was replicating like his voice. And I was replicating and, uh, Alex Turner's voice. But then like, ah. his, the music lot put me onto like blues music. So I was trying to like replicate like 
Ray Charles' voice or like Howling wow. Wolf's voice. And like Paolo Natini as well, I was trying to do his yeah. voice. And it wasn't until I like moved to London where like I hibernated for, for like a year, a good year, kind of right. Like I picked up, I picked up the guitar at uni. I was messing around on the guitar, trying to like get chords. And as soon as I could get chords, I, I was, then I started writing my own, own songs because I didn't really like singing other people's songs because yeah. it just annoyed me that I couldn't like get it perfect. Yeah, yeah. So then I started singing my own songs and then I found my own voice. And in my second year of uni, I was like, right, I've got five, five, five songs. I'm going to go, like, go out and, and try and gig these songs. But I didn't study music, music at uni. I studied physical theatre at uni. So it gave me wow. like, yeah. So that kind of like allowed me to kind of like, we, we messed around a lot with like European music as well. So I was, I was learning loads about music, but not, but not actually studying it at uni. Do you know what I mean? The thing that's crazy to me is that if you didn't, you didn't realize you had the passion or the voice till you was 18 and then you sang with the band, you know, because a lot of people who haven't, you know, had experience of performing a lot get nerves or stage fright or whatever. Mm, yeah. Do you think going to do that course where you did drama set you up for, you know, the performance skills of being an artist? Yeah, 100%. I think from since like a little boy I've always wanted to be the centre of attention not in an egotistical way but I just oh love, yeah so you've had the bug of like I've had the bug of, of, of showing performing. off performing yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh I love that okay so do you think it was from you know songwriting and having your own material that made you feel that you were an artist and you you know you didn't have to emulate anyone else yeah I think like I didn't realize that I was, I wasn't trying to be an artist. I wasn't trying to like, my plan wasn't to go like <laughs> I did. Cause I didn't really know about the music industry. So, so my plan wasn't to go and get signed and get a record deal and make an album. My plan was just to go and cause I loved performing when I was with the mm. band singing. I was like, I need to write my own song so I can go and perform them in like pubs and stuff. Like, I didn't have a, have a, like a focused thing of I'm going to go get a record deal in London. That wasn't, in, like that just completely happened organically. That, yeah, that happened like in my third year of uni after like gigging as well. Oh, you were still I, at uni when you when you yeah, signed. Yeah, yeah, I was still at uni. Just it was the beginning of third year I got signed in, I got signed. Wow. Um, so if if people were looking at that like, wow, how did that how did he plan that or how did he do that? Your answer is really you didn't plan it at all. I didn't just plan thought, it, but like if I look back at it like I worked my bum off. Do you know what I mean? I, I I was looking on Monday to Sunday. I was looking at open mic nights. I was looking at like if I could if I could support a gig. If I could go to clubs and sing. If I could go wherever I could could get a gig and and try and sing the songs that I've been writing. And was that for the love and the enjoyment because you loved it, or was it for I want to do this so that someone can hear it, so it can eventually lead to something? No, that was the love and the enjoyment of it. That That's great. Really, yeah, me and my friends were at uni. Was he was like, you might as well put uh, a video out, and I'll record it. And I was like, I don't know. And luckily enough, the uni that I had was it's uh, St Mary's in Twickenham, and they've got like a lovely church on on site. So we were like, let's go and shoot this video in the church I was like alright cool let's do it put this video out I never like I would never have done like I, I just thought I didn't want to do it I just didn't think that I just wanted to do that I didn't want to be a, I didn't want to kind of try and be a YouTube person or anything like that but I was mm-hmm. like go on I'll put it out and then overnight I got loads of messages and then obviously on, 
but I didn't really know about, I, I, I hate emails and hate replying to like, I didn't know what it was. So I was like, uh, yo, I've got all these messages from like record <laughs> labels and stuff. And that night I had a gig in the Finsbury Park pub and I mm. just put it on Facebook and then a record label. came down. A re- yeah, but I didn't know that they were coming. Wow. I kind of got signed that night. Did that video go viral? Kind of, on Facebook, yeah. It kind of, yeah, it did go viral, I suppose, yeah. And then someone came to see you and signed you on the spot? Basically, yeah, more or less. It was That's crazy. amazing. Yeah. Because that doesn't, like, luckily that that happened to me as well, but everyone says, like, nowadays that doesn't really happen anymore. No, I think, like, it was just before, like, social media was a massive thing. Like, I'd say it was, like, a year before Instagram, like, properly popped off. So Facebook was still the pinnacle one. So was that in 2013, Tom? That wasn't in 2013. 2013 was the year like, I moved to London and like opened the doors to everything that we've just spoken about, you know? Right. So that, that year was pivotal because you moved yeah. to London and it set you up for all these amazing things to unfurl. Yeah, exactly. But I did want to say, what, how old are you and what year was it that I met you? Yeah, I played your I played your night, didn't I? Yeah. So for all the listeners, I ran an acoustic music night with my best friend Josie at Josie's Music. Yeah. And um we had we had amazing like up and coming singer songwriters every month come and play and Tom played our night Ella Guru. Mm. And I did have uh, on my Facebook, it popped up like Facebook memories. We keep talking about Facebook. And it came up with the flyer with the night that you played it oh, on. Wow. And I screenshotted it on my phone. But um, yeah, how many years ago was that? That was then? probably like 2015, I'd say. 2015. So that was in the time that you were online scouring the internet trying to find the open mic night. Basically, yeah. Do you remember how you came across our one? Um, I had a friend who knew Josie and... She's a legend, by the way. I haven't seen her in a mm. while. But yeah, she, she, he knew Josie and then he was like, I've got a friend who I would really appreciate this. And she was like, yeah, let's bring him through. And then I came through and then met you and met Josie and then it was, it was a wicked night. It was Amazing. Near, yeah. It was near Tower Bridge, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tower Hill. That's like, it's my local pub. Oh, I right. I can pretty much see it out my window right now. Yeah, wicked. So that was during that sort of transition time. That was before mm. you signed your deal and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, that was before I signed my deal and stuff, yeah. Um, well, you've got quite a lot of pivotal years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a few more questions like just on plans and stuff. So how do you usually, do you usually just go with the flow or no, do you plan it? I don't go with the flow, no. I think like definitely now I put a vision in my head and I'm like, that's got to happen. And, if it and does it work? Happen, yeah, it does. I think I've put... So is that, a, do you manifest? Speak, yeah, I think speaking to the world, man, is like a thing that is actually true. And I think if you put your energy into into something so much that it will happen if you really, really do believe it. And do you think that's in your head thinking it or do you think it's also taking action? Yeah, I think it's taking action. I think, of course, if like you need to take action for things to happen. But I think thinking about it and, and believing in yourself and believing in, in what you're giving to, to the world and, and people, if you think that is the right thing and, and you think it's going to happen, that's what I believe anyway. 
So even though, like when you were saying before, you didn't plan, you know, like signing a deal and then making an album, um, that happened organically. Yeah, that happened organically. And it wasn't until like I had that and I was like, and then started to understand it. And 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 then, then was like, wow, my life could go this way. And, and this is actually really what I want. It was, that's the time I yeah. started manifesting and started yeah. thinking, that's all right. Now I know what journey I'm on. Now I know what road I'm on. Yeah. And it came clear. Yeah, and I've got these opportunities. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste them. And do you think that, like, so far, do you do you always listen to your gut and like our instincts important to you? Yeah, I definitely listen to my gut. With with music and the music industry, having a solid like team that you trust is the most important thing too. So I think yeah, having other people's opinions that you trust and love, whether that's your manager or your label or even your yeah. family and friends. Luckily enough, yeah. I have a team around me who I, who I do trust. So I do trust yeah. my gut. I also trust their opinions too. Yeah, definitely. God, that's great that you feel like you have a strong team yeah. of people around you working with you. A hundred percent. So is that, is that your, your future plans really? Is it all the focus on the new album or is there, yeah. is there any other thoughts that you've got in the brain that you're manifesting right now? Um, I've just completed, so I can't actually say what I've done because I've, oh. yeah, I know, but I have got something else that's coming that's completely like away from music. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about, about this, what's going to be happening. So that's an exclusive. Uh, but, so yeah. you can't say what it is. I can't really say what it is. Not even I'm, a little clue. Do you know what? I, I will say what, it's, what it is just because basically I'm, I've, I've written, I've written a book with a good friend of mine and hopefully that will be kind of like on the horizon as well. So Wow. Well, you heard it here first. We got yeah. an exclusive. Um, amazing. Is it going to be about your, your life story so far? No, 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 no. Not about me at all. It's a whole, that, um, that's the only thing I'm saying on it. Just because oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're keeping us guessing. Yeah. But you've been, but I'm excited um, about it. you've been writing it with a, a close friend of yours. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She's a, uh, her name's Helen and she's uh, just a, a wicked person and, and a wicked so cool. writer. Wow's that? Hopefully. Yeah, it'd be good. That's great. I feel like it's, it is a really exciting chapter for you right now because not only, you know, your album's about to come out, you're working on other things. Yeah. Um, also, just really interesting about you, like, finding your voice and, and writing this album completely honest and also learning personally about stuff like you're saying your friends and and learning about your past relationship and holding your hands up and you're talking about ego Mm. I've been reading a little bit about ego like the last couple of days and I just wondered like do you think that ego ever has a do you think there's pros and cons to an ego yeah 100% what do you think the pros and cons are I think the pros are, if you're a performer, you need an ego, 100%. When I say ego, not thinking you are like the dog's bollocks, do you know what I mean? It's not that. It's not that. <laughs> it's kind of like knowing you are able to hold a crowd and knowing you are able to like control a crowd and feed off of a crowd. Do you know what I mean? So do you mean ego in the sense of like belief in yourself? Belief in yourself. I don't think that's ego though. But like on yeah. stage, on you need to be... It's like Freddie Mercury didn't have an ego, but when he was on on stage, he he had his chest held high. He knew he knew yeah. he was the Donny. 
you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He knew that. <laughs> but people will, will mistake that for ego. For me, that's not ego. For me, that is just knowing that you are sick and knowing that you can do do your job right. Yeah. And I um, think so much, like, have you ever, like, done a, an amazing gig, like one of your favourite shows, and just been so in the moment, like, yeah. so present that you of don't course. even have any room for doubts or anything, yeah, or even exactly. thinking that you're the best. You're just, like, yeah. so in it. But I think people mistake that for ego. But I've, but this is where, like, I spoke about ego for, like, a second earlier. It's kind of knowing when to turn that off and not being like that with, like I say, my ex-girlfriend yeah. or friends or, yeah. or anything like that. And, like, now, definitely, I'm, I make sure that I'm not, that I've, I know, it's like a seesaw. It's like mm. to balance it out and not be the Tom Grennan on stage when I'm at home and, and kind of have it all balanced out, you know? Yeah, I agree. I feel like there's, you know, there's the parts of the, the ego that I think can make you live out of fear and questioning everything. And like, yeah. it makes you obsessed with, you know, what other people think or like, yeah. is this right? Is this wrong? Like paranoid or whatever. But yeah. I always believe if you live from your heart and do things that you love and live from that side of it and belief in yourself and, you know, that yeah. side of it, I think is always, always the best way. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks so much, Tom. I've literally got one. Um, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Sorry, my sister just came in and showed me a Nando's menu so do you want a nando's i was like the nando's can wait the nando's can wait um sorry what was i saying nando's yeah i know well we haven't eaten yet today no neither i think they're just going for it so um i always like to ask this question as well tom i'm fascinated by people's morning routines and like Mm. how they set the day up and what they do to sort of like make sure they have a good day or feel empowered is there something that you do? Do you have a morning routine or do you not at all and everything's always different? And no, is it important to you? Through lockdown, my morning routine was to, to get up and exercise and start the day like that. That's good. Do you think that helped you through lockdown? Um, if I didn't exercise through lockdown, I'd have, been, I'd have gone loopy. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, like my routine has changed up because I've just moved house and yeah, everything's just in boxes and stuff like that. So I haven't actually exercised for like a week now just because like sorting out my last house and this house and yeah fair like enough but um i do think a, a routine in the morning is important and to kind of get up early like i was getting up early in, in through lockdown and having the morning to kind of chill reflect and during lockdown i was writing like like um, you, when you, as soon as you wake up i just grab my phone and start writing to, into, in my notes and having like a uncon- not thinking about it and seeing like what would happen, come out. what would come out. And so, as soon as I started thinking about it, then I just put it down. That is a, another part of my routine. It's kind of like clearing my brain from maybe yesterday or my dreams and, mm. and like, and having a clean slate every day and just like embracing the day, embracing the morning. I think as soon as you miss the morning, if you like sleep in from till 11 or 12 o'clock, I, I feel like I just could sit in front of the TV all day. Um, yeah. Do you know what that's I mean? That's so, so true. Yeah, I feel like if I don't get up and like get ready, if I do that, my day's productive. If I don't do that and I stay in my pajamas and just watch the telly, then like, yeah, I would just do nothing all day. Yeah. And order the Nando's. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you make your bed? Yeah, you definitely, definitely, definitely make my bed. 
I think again, good. getting into a made bed at night is important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have a vision board? I don't have a vision board. No. Like, Do you know what, what that like, is? No. What's that? <laughs> Sorry, that was a random question. Um. You know, like we were talking about the manifesting and stuff and you said that's what you do. I wondered mm. if you actually, because people say you can like physically cut things out and stick it together or there's apps where you can make it on your phone or, you yeah. know, some, or even some people will put like, you know, a Grammy as their wallpaper on their phone or things visually, you know, that you see of, of yeah, dreams yeah. or goals. Do you have anything like that? Or is uh, it more in no, your head? No, but I might try that. It's more in my head. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to put a picture of a Grammy on my phone now. Yeah, that means if you do <laughs> do that and you do get the Grammy, you have to thank me. <laughs> 100%. Did you write this album in London or did you do it in LA? Nah, I wrote it in London. Um, with I, a small I, group of people or loads of different? Nah, producers? with a small group of people, yeah. I kind of like took like five or six people from the last last record and I was like, these are the people that all like can get stuff out of me and like and help me give shape to, to the songs and and the album that I wanted to make so yeah. does it have like a, a consistent sound throughout the whole thing or is it different um, sound it has but it kind of goes off in the middle it kind of goes off and then it com- comes back into it's a lot of like gospel kind of influence wow. yeah oh I love gospel amazing yeah sounds like a it's like a therapeutic album for you for me 100% yeah. there's some songs that will like have you dancing there 100% that's so cool yeah ah I can't wait to hear it I'm sure everyone who's listening to this podcast can't wait to hear it as well I hope so I I could honestly talk to you for ages but I do have Uh, to dash so one last question that I close each episode with is I always ask my guests how they'd like to be remembered and what they'd like their lasting legacy to be that's a deep question I know I've got to (laughs) end with the deep one yeah Um, (laughs) in all honesty I would love just to be re- remembered for being like a cool guy, but like having like having no enemies and having no one that said who if if I died and, and someone like yeah he was a bit of a prick though, I'd hate <laughs> I'd hate that I'd hate that. So I think just being remembered for being nice and just being and having manners and making sick music. Yeah, well, you're, well, that's definitely how yeah. you are and how you live. So a hundred percent. Yeah, I just don't. I'd, I'd hate to. To be gone with no with and having enemies, no way. Uh, that that would be, make me sad. Yeah, that definitely wouldn't happen. No. I love that. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks I so much, that was so interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Thank I you. only ever see you like you know quickly and I know. hear your amazing voice and your music, but oh, it's very very fascinating stuff. So wicked. thank you so much for coming on this podcast, and hopefully nice I'll one. get to see you soon. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll have to go for a drink and all that with everybody soon. Yeah, I'd love yeah, that. Man. All right, wicked. Thank you so, so much for listening. Once again, if you like the show, then please rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people find the show and absolutely makes my day. Thanks again to our episode sponsor, Sweaty Betty. Sweaty Betty is special because all of their products are made by women for women who exercise and are passionate about movement. They are one of a kind. So make sure you go and check them out over at sweatybetty.co.uk.